Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Potato. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Friday, November 5th, 2021 is hot potato. Hot potato is when it's hot in your hand. It's a potato. And I guess there's people who play a game that when you have a potato and you don't want to hold the potato because it's too hot, you pass the potato to someone else. Hot potato. Urban Meyer had a very hot potato. We should have said hot hot dog. Oscar Meyer. So hot potato passes it on. Ooh, 650,000 emails. Hot potato. Congressional intervention, hot potato, move on. Robert Sarver, oi, you've got the hot potato. Yesterday, the article came out, and about a week ago, we dissected a statement by the Phoenix Suns owner, Bob Sarver, who's owned the team for about 17 years, and he did a preemptive statement when he had an inkling that there would be an article that was going to come out that would show him to be a racist, misogynist a-hole. And apparently he had the statement ready. He had lawyers ready. Everything was set to go. And the hot potato landed squarely in his lap when yesterday the article came out, a very long article by a writer named Baxter Holmes on ESPN. And the article outlined basically 17 years of Robert Sarver, an owner, doing things as what he thought was as innocuous as pantsing someone, pantsing someone, Coke and I, in preparing for this show, we discussed whether or not we'd ever been pantsed, and I've been pantsed. It used to be a thing. I think I was probably in grade school or on the playground or maybe in college when you're at a party, and when someone comes up behind you and pulls your pants down like you're in a jackass movie, and then it shows your skivvies. But when you're an owner of a team, probably in a meeting when you're discussing marketing strategies and bobblehead days, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go up to the person and pants them and then say, oh, I was just kidding. That was funny, I thought. But you're right. Looking back, it wasn't so funny. So Robert Sarver is reading this article, and I was imagining what it would be like to be president of a team reading an article like that. And I've read my share of bad articles about me and ownership and our team, but they were all based on our abilities as executives, not based on the fact that we were absolute lascivious people doing bad things. So Robert Sarver is reading through the article. I can just imagine how it works. They don't know it's coming out because you don't get advance notice. And all of a sudden it hits and then your phone goes off and then your lawyer comes over, then your PR person comes over. But you yourself, you have to read through the article. And I have experience reading through articles that I don't want to read or I'm not excited about because I'm told by my PR guy to read them because it's important for me to know what's in there. And you sort of sit there outside yourself because you're reading your name 
and you are reading down the way it works when you do something like this is you're reading the current sentence, but your eye is sort of looking four sentences down because you want to see if what's coming is even worse than what's there. And you're looking to see how long it is. So you click down to the bottom when you first see it, just to see what you're dealing with. And your eyes are just seeing words like they're just coming at you. And then you take a breath. And what happens is when you have an article like this about you and you're owning a team or president of a team, basically people step away unless they're paid to step forward. And you start coming up with a plan of who you're going to call first because that first call is important. When it's sex related, you have to call your wife first or your kids first. When it's league related, you have to call the commissioner first. If it's internal office related, you call your uh Maybe your GM first, if it's a player, et cetera. My first call would always be to PJ, my PR person. Hey, we got to read this, right? And he's the one who told me to read it to begin with. So Sarver's reading through it, and he's starting to think about what he wants to respond to. And one of the things he responded to once this article came out, if you haven't seen it, it's a very long article. And let me give you the highlights. Robert Sarver has used or does use the N-word. Robert Sarver describes owning the team and the need for black voices because there's black employees and you need a black voice to talk to a black employee, apparently. Robert Sarver pantses people. Robert Sarver makes people feel uncomfortable the way he treats them, especially women who he talks about, I own you, describing women who work for him. So basically, it's not just accusing him of being a racist. It's not just accusing him of being a misogynist. It's showing insight into who he is as a person. And to say that it sullies him would be a gross understatement, if not a mischaracterization. Basically, it's a hit piece that some people, when you say it's a hit piece, means it's not true and someone's just after you. I view a hit piece as something that is both true and is trying to expose, no pun intended, a person for who he or she is or they. And the object of these pieces, so when ESPN releases this, their object is not to get him to sell the team. Their object is not to get him to be a better person. Let's be very clear why media establishments and networks and papers do these articles. It's not to make the world a better place. It's not to rid the world of these horrible monsters in which they certainly portray Sarver as a monster. The point is to have them and the newspaper or website or author, it's to increase their clicks, visibility, and sort of retention and ad revenue. That's clear. Of course, they'll say, oh, we are the masters of morality. We are here to make sure that everyone is accountable. Okay, that's one way to look at it. The other thing that Sarver does when he's reading the piece is he's thinking to himself, how am I gonna get out of this? How long will it take? And how long will I have to hold the hot potato? So once he thinks through all that and he reads the article, the next step, once you call your wife if you're married or your family or your kids or your GM, the next step when you have your lawyer, of course, is to start with your statement. Now, Sarver had done this whole full statement prior 
to the article, but now the article's out. So what he did, and this is fascinating, he started discussing individual allegations contained in the article on a one-by-one basis, picking and choosing the ones he wanted to respond to through his lawyers. The problem with that as a strategy is that when you only respond to certain things and the response is always, hey, I didn't do that, that sort of means the things you didn't respond to you don't want to talk about because you don't want to do anything that violates your Fifth Amendment rights. You don't want to be self-incriminating. And so you leave it alone because that's what good lawyers would say to you. Hey, did you by chance use that N-word when you were talking about your coach or to your coach? Well, I maybe. Well, don't lie to me. I'm your lawyer. It's confidential. But I need to know because if so, we can't have you on record saying you didn't do it because if any charges come of this or if you're in a fight for your team or there's any sort of any investigation, which there's going to be, we can't have you on record because everyone's going to look at this statement. All right, let's not say anything. Did you really pants that person? Uh, I happen to remember that. All right, we're going to have to address that. We have to say that you were just kidding and how sorry you are looking back that you offended someone. All right, good. All right, what else can we talk about? We got to talk about your former coach, Earl Watson, who's saying all these things. He's the star of the story. Are you, you, I think what we have to say about Watson, if possible, that he's the one who's not credible. We're going to have to absolutely break him down. We're going to have to sully his reputation And we're going to have to do it in a way that people don't think we're doing it to be racist or because he's black. We're doing it because he's the one who is the main source, if you will. So we're going to have to wordsmith that. We'll start by just saying he's not a credible source. And then, then we're going to have to call Adam Silver. And what Adam Silver is going to do, the commissioner of basketball, because we're here to protect your team, aren't we, Mr. Sarver? What we're going to have to do is say that we are completely supportive of whatever you're going to do next. And here's a little nugget for all of you. Before this article came out, after the initial rumor that the article was going to come out, Adam Silver had already said to Bob Sarver, we are going to investigate this. It's going to be independent, and we're going to have to do it in full. How else could the NBA, in a matter of hours, make an announcement that they have hired Wachtell Lipton to commence a comprehensive investigation. You don't just choose a firm within five minutes, make the call, get an engagement letter put together, get an agreement on price and agree on hourly rate. You don't get all of that with the timing, how long it's going to take, how much say do I have and what it's going to read. That would be like Bud Selig putting the blue ribbon panel together that discussed steroids or the steroid report, the Mitchell report, in two minutes. No, it doesn't work that way. Folks, it's all planned. It's all choreographed. Everything that is released by the NBA, every step they take when something like this happens, they've got a plan in place before anything even comes out. Now, when the surprise comes, then you get a little longer lag time. But the Sarver article came out yesterday and the NBA had an immediate statement, not we're looking into this, not we're going to deal with this. They already had their plan to deal with it, which means, of course, they knew they were doing it in advance. 
And then when the NBA got together to discuss how to put the statement out, which they were ready to do before the article came out, they used two sets of words that I want to reiterate should not be used in order to give your sponsors or your public or the media any comfort that the fix isn't in. One, the allegations contained in today's report are extremely serious. That's the word we use in 2021, anything having to do with race or sex. It's not just serious. It's not moderately serious. It's not somewhat serious. It's extremely serious. And then we have directed the Wachtell Lipton Law Firm, which is a very good law firm, to commence, get ready for it, a comprehensive investigation. Thank you. Thank you for not commencing a surfacy investigation or a quick investigation. We appreciate the fact that it's going to be comprehensive because you have an owner's life, reputation, and ability to own a team in the balance. You've got a league that is teetering, given that you have the Maverick situation, and now you've got the, you have the Hawks situation where their owner had to sell, the Clippers situation, and now you've got the Suns situation. Let, let's do a quick count, if you don't mind. That's Sterling. Clippers, that's the Hawks, that's the Mavs, and now it's the Suns. One, two, three, four. That's fully one. How many teams are in the NBA? 30 or 32? I don't know why I want to say 32, but I think it's 30. Four out of 30, that's over 10% of your teams. It's almost 13% off the top of my head of your teams that have required a comprehensive investigation. Then to make everybody feel good about the fact that you've got another older white owner who's being accused of racism and sexism and misogyny, you have to put in the statement that we are committed to providing a respectful and inclusive workplace. How is the league committed to providing a respectful and inclusive workplace for all employees? Are you aware that the league has no idea what goes on in the workplace of any of its teams. It's not like the commissioner or any of his people come to your office and sit around and look around and say, ooh, someone just got pantsed. Ooh, there's a woman who feels uncomfortable next to the water cooler. Ooh, that sounds racist. That doesn't exist. But leagues say that. It's like when owners say, I'm committed to making sure that all my employees are comfortable. Owners aren't there every day. They're committed. They're, they should be committed. So what do you do if you're server? Well, I guess you put out another statement. You then approve and agree to the investigation. Then you start speaking to your coach and your GM who are both black and you say, hey, would you mind saying a few words on my behalf tonight? And Monty Williams, who is really a good coach. He was an okay player with the Knicks. I loved him when he was on the Knicks. He just always seemed cerebral and good at the game and just loved him. And now he's a successful coach. I believe he's gone through some personal tragedy and has come out the other side in theory, certainly from a coaching standpoint. He came out and said, listen, I wouldn't work for a guy like that. I wouldn't beat a team if I saw anything like that. Robert Sarver is an important reason why I'm here, but we're going to wait for the comprehensive investigation to be finished and then we'll take it from, from there. That's what you do if you are coaching a team that is playing during a season where you are the defending Western Conference champs trying to win a championship for your 
City. I don't believe the Phoenix Suns have won an NBA championship in a very, very long time. They didn't win one uh, back in the day with Nash. They didn't win one with Barkley. Uh, when is the last time the Suns won a championship, Coca? Did they win one with Alvin Adams and Paul Westfall, or did they only get to the finals back in the 70s? I wonder, are they one of the organizations who's never won a championship? Anyway, so you get to a point Coca's about to get to. They have zero championships. Zero. I think they went to the finals. That was my recollection. So you have no choice but to say to your fans, hey, listen, we haven't seen it, but we're going to reserve judgment and wait till this comprehensive investigation is over, and then we will deal with the cards as they fall. Here's how this plays out. Bob Sarver, if he's smart, would have announced yesterday, not that Earl Watson was incredible, not that he calls pantsing people but never using the N-word and never being racist. Robert Sarver would have taken to the microphone himself and said, I am stepping aside running the team day to day. I'm leaving it in the hands of the very capable people I have because this community and these players deserve a team that can compete for a championship without the distraction that I'm currently providing. I will work very closely with Adam Silver and Wachtell Lipton to make sure the truth comes out. But in the meantime, peace out. That's what I would do if I were Robert Sarver. So the NBA is dealing and just it's been, what has it been? I guess uh, eight games. We're already 10% done with the regular season of the NBA. It's always interesting to me that the season starts and you don't even think about it. And then teams have played eight games and that's it. In an 82-game season, you're 10% done. We haven't heard much about the Ben Simmons situation in a while. Why? Because Philadelphia, I believe right now, Coca, the Sixers are tied or have the best record in the Eastern Conference. So they're playing well without Ben Simmons. He hasn't played a game. And when you're playing well, you do what you should do when you own a team that is number one in the conference. You do not discuss any bad things that are happening and you focus on the court only. The reason I wanted to bring up Ben Simmons is that he did something the other day I've taken a few days before doing this story because I'm so angry about it. And to be angry about it, I'm going to take a chance and go out on a ledge because it may be inconsistent with things that I've shared with you in the past. I think it's all very clear to you, and it should be by now, where I stand, stand on mental health issues, how sensitive I am to mental health issues, how important it is to be in a community and in a workplace where mental health issues are treated the same as physical health issues. That when a player tears his ACL, he's put on the injured list, he rehabs for a nine months or for a year and then comes back. And tearing an ACL should be the same as having mental health issues where you need time to rehab, to get better, to figure out how to get better, how to cure what you have if it's even possible whether it's through medicine, whether it's through therapy, whatever the case may be. Remember, we talk about physical therapy all the time. Yes, our player hurt his shoulder. He'll be undergoing physical therapy three times a day. We would tell our players when they were hurt, you have to be at the training room at such and such time for physical therapy. 
the reason it's called physical therapy is it is getting your body better. Mental therapy is when you go to a therapist and try to get your mind better, but it's always had this uh, connotation of weakness if you need therapy, if you have a mental illness, you're weak. I hope you listen to our Samson sit down with Marty Fish. I hope you've listened to me talk honestly about anxiety and other issues that I have, that so many people have who are in your, what you may think are totally successful and have no problems. And believe me, they have problems just like you do. None of us are alone in that way. We just think we are because no one wants to talk about it, but everyone's willing to talk about, yeah, I broke my leg. I fractured my fibula. Ben Simmons is not playing right now because he said he is not mentally ready to play. And when a player says they're having mental issues and they're not mentally ready to play, my first reaction has to be, thank you for your honesty. I want to help you get better and then have you come back. What I will not stand for is a player who uses mental health as a sword instead of a shield, as a mental player who plays as a mental player, as a NBA player who uses the mental card in order to get something that he otherwise would not be getting. And guess what Ben Simmons wouldn't be getting today if he hadn't said the words, I'm not mentally ready to play. You guessed it. Money. Under the NBA collective bargain agreement, Ben Simmons cannot be suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. He cannot be suspended for not being in first-class physical shape. He cannot be suspended because he refuses to show up or refuses to get vaccinated. The minute you say you have a mental problem or a mental issue, you are put on the restricted list, can't play, but you get paid. And isn't it a coincidence that when the regular season was about to begin and Ben Simmons was about to lose his paycheck because he would not report because he wants to get traded because his feelings got hurt because he stinks, that all of a sudden he had a mental issue. And then word comes out that he's not even willing to work on it, that he's doing it privately. And it hurts me to talk about because it gives a bad name to people who actually do have mental issues. Oh, David, you're being too harsh. How do you know that Ben isn't curled up in the field position, un, fetal position, unable to leave his home like Bill Murray and what about Bob? How do you know that he's not completely overwhelmed by the negative press that came from his coach and his owner saying that he can't hit three-point shots? I'm in. You have OCD. You've got another sort of disorder that causes you to be unable to perform your job. I'm in. But guess what? Those disorders, when they come and you are genuine about them, no one would ever question it. Why is everybody questioning Ben Simmons and the timing of his disorder? Or maybe no one is. Maybe it's just me. I'm going to give you a wait to see right now. And to put a wait to see associated with a mental disorder and being mentally ready to play when Ben said, I'm not mentally ready to play. I'll give you a wait to see if the Sixers trade Ben Simmons, he'll be mentally ready to play the first day he's eligible to play with his new team. It's an outright disgrace. 
Ben, get a uniform and play. As a matter of fact, your team doesn't even need you. What does that say? When we come back, we're going to review a movie that Coca told me to watch. Again, another one. And I loved it. It's called Army of Thieves. And we're also going to talk about something that happened in a high school game that uh, is a bit of a problem. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. How you doing? It's Friday. Have you ever heard the song Friday I'm in Love by The Cure? I love that song. And I love when I hear it on Friday because it makes me feel good. If you haven't heard it, check it out. It's also on the soundtrack to a movie uh, about time. Anyway, do you know this weekend, hope everyone's going to have a good weekend. If you're in the New York area, it is a great day on Sunday. It is the New York Marathon and it's back. There's going to be 30,000 runners running through five boroughs, starting in Staten Island, going to Brooklyn, then Manhattan, then the Bronx, then, no, first Brooklyn, then Queens, then Manhattan, then the Bronx, then Manhattan again. And it will be my third marathon in five weeks. I have not run once since the Boston Marathon on October 11th. I've not put my sneakers on because I have been sick since October 11th. And so I just haven't run, but I'm going to go to the starting line on the bridge on Sunday, November 7th, raising money for Parkinson's because yes, my best friend still has Parkinson's raising money for longevity because yes, as you heard me talk yesterday, longevity and lung cancers hit my family. And once the New York marathon is done, I'm going to take a little break, but that will be, that will be another new year's resolution complete. I will have done three marathons. I hugged a stranger, by the way, again, at the charity event the other night. He was the, uh, the weatherman guy who was the MC, and I just hugged him out of nowhere. So I did that one, too. Okay, so Army of Thieves is a prequel. I really am not a prequel guy because I don't really understand once I've seen something. And prequels remind me of Star Wars and, and Out of Order. And I only saw the first Star Wars in the 70s. That's the only one I've ever seen. The original, like Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Star Wars. But the problem with prequels is that I, you don't know it's a prequel until sort of the end. And then, oh, that makes sense. The Marvel movies always have confused me because of that. There's a movie called Army of the Dead, which is a zombie movie that I reviewed on Nothing Personal that I really liked. And Army of Thieves is a prequel. It's not really about zombies, but you know there's a zombie apocalypse going on. But it's about three different heists 
and that, that a group of people are trying to do that involve cracking safes. People are complaining the moving's too long. It's a two-hour running time, and the biggest complaint of Army of Thieves is it starts slow, it's too long, it's a half hour too long. We are in the era of binge. If you sit down and see that there's a limited series of two episodes of an hour each, you're going to bang that out before lunch. It's not even an issue. Just watch Army of Thieves, please. Thank you. I loved it. I laughed. It's directed, by the way, by Dieter, the, the character who was also in Army of the Dead, and a lot of focus is on him, and you learn why he's called Dieter, and it also stars the woman from Game of Thrones, which I've never seen, and I only knew she was in Game of Thrones because Coca said, hey, she was in Game of Thrones. Okay, uh, I saw a video yesterday, and I'm going to draw your attention to it. There was a high school hockey game in Pennsylvania. And the video clearly shows and the audio. It's a video of an audio. So you're seeing fans at a, at a game and you're hearing audio of a bunch of students chanting unmentionable words like suckar schlong. She's a whore. You're hearing these students yelling these things and you don't really know why until you read the tweet or read what is going on there's a female goaltender on an ice hockey team i have a very quick question for you and all of the people you know in your life and all of the so many people who listen to nothing personal the tens of thousands of you thank you every day if you were in a game and you are watching a game and someone around you is yelling at a player, do you join in that yell? Do you report that yell? Do you stop that yell? Do you accept that as just part of the in-game experience? And that's at a professional game. When you're at a high school game, it may be different, but let's go one step back. When you take your kids to Little League and you're watching your son play Little League and there's a girl on the team, when I was in Little League, the best player on our team happened to be a girl back then. And this is in the late 70s. I mean, this is back when the dinosaurs roamed. Can you imagine sitting there and watching kids yell, things at that little girl, what would you do? Now press forward to high school and you see your child playing on a high school team, a varsity team, and there's a girl playing, whether it's on a girl's team or a guy's team, whatever the case may be. This arena had these chants going on and no one did anything. I'm shrugging my shoulders. I'm furrowing my brow. And I'm wondering, how is that possible? That it's okay. I'm not delusional. 
I recognize that there are so many people in this world who are misogynists and racists and just bad people. And it could be how they were brought up. It could be a some sort of genetic sort of synapses are done in such a way where they don't know the difference between right and wrong. They've never been taught the difference between right and wrong. They've never been modeled the difference between right and wrong. When they were young, their programming, their hardwiring that happens when you're young was done in such a screwed up way that they have no way of knowing that it's inappropriate or hurtful to yell, she's a whore or suck our schlongs. They use the D word. Suck our Richards, that's what I'll say. Like the president, the one who got, the one who resigned. So I'm okay with the possibility that there are a percentage of people who may not realize that that's not the right thing to do. I'm also okay with herd mentality. Very normal. You hear someone doing something, you think it's okay to do. You see someone littering, you litter yourself. You see someone fighting someone, you join in and do a sucker punch. I think those things are disgraceful and deplorable, but herd mentality happens. That's been going on for hundreds of years. I could argue the herd mentality is what caused 6 million Jews to die in World War II. In the crudest sense of the word, herd mentality is when you follow the band into a wall in Animal House. You're following Kevin Bacon and you're marching right into a wall. All right, that's part of it. Fine. I'm okay with that. But when it comes to these epithets, epithets that are being screamed at a clearly woman, girl, goaltender, herd mentality doesn't explain the act of the administration for a school, the act of other adults in the school. It doesn't explain the act of the coaches who didn't pull their team off the ice. It doesn't explain anything about how that situation was handled. So I ask you today, if you're willing, because I'm willing, I'm not asking you to get involved when you see, like if you see a fight in the street, I wouldn't get involved because I'm too scared and I don't want to get hurt. I admit it. But if I saw a, I think about this all the time and it's hard to tell you, but at 5'5", five, five, now probably 160 pounds. No, I'm just kidding. But it's not great. But after the marathon and after maybe one more stomach virus, I'll be just fine. If I see someone getting beaten up, I'm going to call for help. I'm not going to intercede because I'm not going to be helpful in that regard because I'm not a pugilist and I'm just not strong. If I see people saying something that is so racially insensitive, racially motivated, or in any way gender motivated, I'm going to find either the authorities or the biggest person I can find who agrees with me to help me and get involved. So I recognize self-preservation. Believe me, I put the S in self-preservation. But it just is a favor to me, and when you're doing this going forward, when you see people acting that way, at least do something. Makes us all look bad. We should all be embarrassed. The Jets are pretty embarrassed because they suck. So now I've got the Jets and the Chiefs as two teams that I'll never pick again and nothing personal pick of the day, ever. We're 144 and 129. The Jets lost 45 to 30 to the Colts. They were down like 
They were down 65 to zero and they lost 45 to 30. That's not easy to do. They're back up to the backup got hurt, then he was better than a few touchdowns, yada, yada, they didn't cover, were 144 and 129, shame on me. So I want to give you my three picks for the weekend, because last weekend we went 3-0, and and I love this weekend's picks. Bucks over the Knicks, and I'm a Knicks guy, although I love the Bucks too, I'm both, these are my two favorite teams. The Knicks are looked at as the greatest team ever, they were number one in the conference for like a day in articles in New York, hey, they're going to stay number one forever, it lasted like 10 minutes. In the Eastern Conference, the Bucks have not played perfectly, but they will cover and beat the Knicks. On Saturday, we're back to college, and you know that the uh, CFP came out, college football playoff rankings. We had Michigan State last week over Michigan. We're doubling up, taking Michigan State again, giving three to Purdue. Just look at the slate. There won't be a letdown. And then Sunday, word came out today that the Cleveland Browns are negotiating the release of Odell Beckham Jr. A little late for my wait to see. Last year, I think we had this, that Odell Beckham would not be on the Browns, uh, that he would get be gotten rid of, and he lasted. So I had to take a no on that wait to see, which is when I go through something and I say it's going to happen. When it does, it does. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'm going to go through a laundry list of wait to sees today. And the reason I am, don't click off because you're going to be interested to hear these wait to sees because this is episode right now, 479. And the thing about nothing personal that you've come to know and love about it is I'm not going to be a normal gas bag who just gives you hot takes and then forgets about him, gives you both sides of a hot take. So he's definitely going to be right 50% of the time, but then only discuss the 50% that he's right. So you think he's right 100% of the time. No, that's not our niche here at Nothing Personal. We revisit every single way to see. And if we're wrong, we remind you what we said and say, hey, I got it wrong. So we got the Odell Beckham one wrong, but there is such a distraction going on. It turns out that Odell Beckham's father did a viral video showing all the times that Baker Mayfield did not pass to Odell Beckham as though it was a racial thing or a personality thing, or that Baker Mayfield would rather lose a game as a quarterback in Cleveland than pass to that guy. I used to love it when my basket, my favorite basketball team, and this would come up in the 80s and 90s, even in the 2000s in the NBA, they don't like each other. They're not going to pass to each other. He's wide open for a shot. How come he didn't pass to him? G-M-A-B. Give me a break. You think Baker Mayfield would rather not pass to Odell Beckham, or would he like to win games and be looked at as the great quarterback that he thinks he is, that no one else thinks he is, because the Browns have done nothing? Which is it? Oh, and by the way, it is true on the Cleveland Browns, Odell Beckham is the only black wide receiver. There's not one other black person on the whole team. I think it's just him. So I think it's like 49 white guys and Odell Beckham. So Baker Mayfield said, oh, no, I'm racist. I'm not passing to you. Come on. So what are the Browns doing? They're releasing Beckham. They're negotiating it right now. It's not going to take long. Do you know why? What would be the reason that a release would go quickly in your mind? Just out of curiosity, what would come to mind immediately So when we've noticed the separation of coaches like John Gruden, 
we noticed there was something else that happened this week where there was a huge agreement that had to be negotiated that took some time. Oh, uh, Coach Q, Quenville of the Panthers, that took some time when he had to get released. What is the one thing they had in common? Yes, indeed, you're right. They had to negotiate money. Guess what? Odell Beckham doesn't have one guaranteed dollar remaining in his original contract that he signed that he's playing under with the Cleveland Browns, which means he will be released today. I don't even need it. That could be a wait to see, Coca. Can we make that the wait to see, if you don't mind? Can we add that, Coca? Odell Beckham, it will be announced today, Friday, November 5th, that he's been released. And then the Browns are two and a half over. Oh, it's already been reported? All right, then I can't have that as a wait to see. So he's been released. Did it just happen now? He wasn't released as of yesterday. I think they were negotiating. Oh, it's been reported. Oh, no, I hear you, Coca. He's saying it's reported that he would be released. I'm saying he's going to be released today because it said they're doing this negotiation. And my point is there's nothing to negotiate because he doesn't have any guaranteed money left. We'll argue after the show, and you can decide whether it goes on our official wait to see. But the Browns are getting two and a half from the Bengals, the surprise Bengals, the Bengals who I think are six and two. They keep winning a bunch of games with Ken Anderson as quarterback. I'm just kidding. I know it's Andy Dalton. (laughs) Browns plus two and a half over Bengals. So three picks. We're only 15 over. Bucks over Knicks. Michigan State over Purdue. And then the Browns will win a game because there will be no distraction because Beckham will be gone. Okay. I want to spend some time on wait to seize now, please. I want to go back and go through several of them, so stay with me. On May 20th of 2020, a year and a half ago, we did a segment on the University of Kentucky and their cheerleading coach, Thompson, who got fired for inappropriate behavior and an inappropriate working environment around his cheerleaders. And I said to you at the time that that evidence looks a little dicey They're doing it because of the world that we were in at that time where everyone was super. There was that show going on that I loved. What was the show about cheerleading? Ah, there's no way Coco will remember it, and there's no way I remember it, but there was a great miniseries. It was like as popular as Tiger King. It may have just been called Cheer. I can't remember what it was called. But in any case, Cheer, it was called Cheer. Thank you. And I said the UK cheerleading coach is going to get rehired. Well, he was not rehired. That's a no. On March 8th of 2021, two Cleveland Indians players, now the Cleveland Guardians, they were suspended for violating COVID protocols. I don't know if you remember this. They had gone out and they had violated the protocols. And I said to you that day, doing a segment about COVID, and at that time it was before the season started, I said, listen, Players violate COVID protocols every day. They go out on the road, even though when they're told not to, they sneak out the back door when MLB puts security at the front door. This is the ABCs of being a professional athlete. I said more than just the Indians players will violate officially COVID protocols. There was not one announcement by MLB this entire season about anybody violating COVID protocols. So that was a no. On June 1st, 2021, the Yankees were struggling. 
I told you if the Yankees don't make the playoffs, Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman will be gone. Well, they did make the playoffs. And by the way, neither one is gone. So I'm going to go with a not applicable because it was an if then. It was a conditional statement. If the Yankees don't make the playoffs, then Boone and Cashman are out. Well, you can't have the then if you don't have the if. Not applicable. Eight days later, we did a segment that I enjoyed on the college football playoff. And this is very timely, but on June the 9th, 2021, I said the college football playoff will get expanded to 12 teams. I thought it was an absolute no-brainer. More money, more games, more interest. Well, they couldn't get their act together. They couldn't agree on it. So it's still going to be four teams this year. And the first rankings came out, and it's got Alabama and three other teams. Georgia, the way it always does. Michigan State and one other team. I just named three off the top of my head. That's not bad. Who's the fourth, Coca? I think you probably know. Michigan State, Alabama, Georgia, and anyway, he's looking. He's not looking, of course. Oregon. Oh, that was the surprise one. The Oregon Mighty Ducks. So that was a no. Have you watched the NBA this year? Well, on June 15th, before the season even started, I said the NBA is going to change the leg kick rule. That's the rule that James Harden uses to go to the free throw line when he goes up for a jump shot and then kicks his legs out and then the foul is called on the defender. I said that rule will change. That's a yes. That rule did change. You can't do it anymore. Two weeks later, there was an issue with Chauncey Billups, the new coach of the Portland Trailblazers, back when coaches were being investigated, basically, whenever they were hired. And word came out that in Billups' past, he had had an issue with domestic issues and I said he's going to get caught up in this and he's not going to even coach a game for the Portland Trailblazers they are just going to get rid of him they didn't the NBA season has now started so on June 29th when I said Billups will not coach a game I was wrong regarding the Trailblazers on July 9th I said Damian Lillard will not be traded because that's when the rumors were hey I'm not happy here I want to be traded. He's going to be traded. He should be traded. I said, no chance. Guess what? Not traded. That's a yes. Remember the Eugene Chung story? These are good episodes to go back to. Eugene Chung is a coach, an Asian-American coach, who went public saying that when he was interviewing for jobs, he was told that he was the wrong minority. Then the NFL investigated that and said there's no proof that he was actually told that during an interview. But why would Eugene make that up? And I said to you on July 27th, I promise you, he's not going to get another job in the NFL in 2021. Well, the NFL season has commenced, and Eugene Chung is working at a community college. So that's a yes. Two days later, in the middle of baseball season, Trey Turner, then playing with the Washington Expos, was pulled mid-game for COVID, like Justin Turner sort of was at the last game of the World Series. And I said, uh, that's never going to happen again. MLB is not going to screw up the testing and get results back in the middle of the game, have a player test positive and pull them. They don't want that attention. Trey Turner was the last person pulled. That was a yes, and we told you on July 29th. Let's fast forward to September 23rd when A-Rod was getting involved in the Timberwolves and there were rumors that Elton Brand would take over for the T-Wolves. And I said, that's a perfect hire for Alex Rodriguez. 
the new not owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, I was wrong. He's still with the Sixers. October 12th, relax, Coco Romo's done. Kyle Irving will not miss a game. Wrong. Can you imagine? October 13th, Aaron Boone will be rehired by the Yankees with the two-year deal. Right, except it was a three-year deal. So that's sort of right and wrong. It happened. On October 29th, just a week ago, I told you that Winnipeg would have to fire its GM in the wake of the Blackhawks scandal. I was totally wrong about that. He did not get fired. He skated. I was wrong. And I closed the week with a wait to see from just three days ago this week. And it's already finished. I said the Mets will not hire Raquel Ferreira. Raquel Ferreira was the women, woman candidate with the Boston Red Sox. The rumors were the Mets were going to interview what an interesting hire it would be for Steve Cohn. Yeah, the same Steve Cohn who runs the venture capital firm Point72. That is the subject of all of those sexual harassment and workplace misconduct allegations. What a perfect opportunity to say, hey, I am okay. I run a great team and a great company. And I told you the Mets will not hire Raquel Ferreira as GM. Guess what? Raquel Ferreira withdrew her name, putting herself on a list with 50 other people in baseball who won't work for the Mets. But that was correct in the wait to see department. I want to be accountable to you because you give me 45 minutes of your day every day, although it's a little longer today. Have a great weekend. That's our show. Remember, it's just business. It's nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.